This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hi, listeners. It's Emmy Olea. As a special bonus to Crumbs, I'll be interviewing people close to me that were part of the journey. We'll reflect on life, my search for love, and the impact the show had on them. In this episode, I'll be talking to my best friend, Dana. Dana's been with me throughout my sobriety, my triumphs, my heartbreaks, and everything in between. But there are things even she didn't know about me until she listened to the show. Things that she helped me process and make peace with. If you haven't heard the show yet, don't wait. Head back to the feed and start the journey from step one. We'll be here when you're done. Okay, let's get started. Can you introduce yourself to listeners? Hi, I'm Dana, and I'm six and a half years sober. I'm a nurse and happy to be your best friend. Let's start with how we met. What do you remember about that? I don't remember exactly how we met, but I remember seeing you as someone who myself knew knew in sobriety. I looked up to you and I remember wanting what you had. What did I have? So many things. <laughs> For me, I mean, I had just gotten out of jail. I had like 32 something days sober. I remember we went to a conference and I was lost in the crowd. You were someone who welcomed me, invited me out to go to dinner. And your poise, your grace, and the confidence that you had, I didn't have any of those things. So in 2015, I must have been seven, about to turn eight years sober. I remember exactly where I met you. I met you at a 12-step meeting. I remember you had something about you that reminded me so much of my mom. Aside from you having this awesome bubbly personality, I just remember like you walked like my mom, you acted like my mom, you had just came out of jail, you were a heroin addict, my mom was a heroin addict. There was just something about you that made, that was so familiar to me. And I said, okay, this girl's my people. She's walked through the same things that my mom has. I want to get to know her. 
And I remember, I remember like when we first started hanging out, you gave me a ride somewhere because you always volunteered to drive. You love driving. Not sure why. You love volunteering yourself for driving. And I thought you were going to kill me. You were like the worst driver I had ever met. She drives like a maniac. She's going to kill me. But I really enjoyed your company. So I just put up with it. Hey, I'd been locked up for so long. How do you expect me to know how to drive anymore? In your defense, you've become such a good driver all these years later. And I trust you wholeheartedly with my life. So who did you think I was when you met me? Who did I think you were? The reason I'm asking is because so many people have this preconceived notion of where I came from, of what kind of lifestyle I've had just based on appearances. Right. I definitely had that. I um, I thought that you were someone who was privileged, bougie, and um, probably somebody that I wouldn't actually be friends with. Little did I know most of those things weren't entirely true, but you just, the way you carried yourself, you know, you carried yourself with confidence. And I think that you exuded an air of, I don't know, just, I never... I never hung out with people like that before. Did you ever feel like I was pretending to be something that I wasn't? No, I definitely thought you were who you were. <laughs> I mean, you had designer stuff. And, you know, for me, it was like I it was just kind of collecting my belongings, one belonging at a time. So <laughs> I definitely thought you were who you said you were or you claimed to be. Oh, who did I claim to be? Emmy Olea. Was there ever a time that I claimed to be something that I wasn't? Well, I was just getting to know you, so. You I had an idea. I had an idea. You, or you had a, an idea of like what I was, but I didn't directly tell you this is what I am. This is who I am. I definitely thought you were someone who was, I guess, well collected, you know, someone that had their shit together. Um, like I said, everything that I didn't have. And I, I definitely thought you were out of my league as far as even friendship went. Okay. That was the preconceived thing. That was what I had wrong because had I known once I did know, I realized that, you know, we're the same, you're my people. But I think that's something that everybody has when they see you, they, you're just, you're a person to be admired. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. I think you enjoy that too. A little bit. So let's talk about being trans. Because it took me a while to tell you. I, I'm going to say I didn't tell you until a few years later. Or was it? A year and a half, maybe. Okay. Okay. What was that conversation like? What do you remember? Because I have an idea of where it happened, how it happened. I have an idea too. It was, I believe we were in Chicago and we were in the hotel room. We were at a conference, which is something that we did a lot of. And it wasn't just me. It was a couple of us that you, I guess, felt close to. And you had prefaced it like, I have something I have to tell you guys. And I was like, what the, what? I had no idea what you were going to say. I had no, like, I couldn't even imagine what it could be. I thought maybe you were going to tell me that you had cancer or, <laughs> or that you didn't have long to live or something oh like that. I, no, I was honestly, my heart was pounding when you told me. So the way that you said it was, 
I just want you guys to know, I feel like you deserve to know that I was born a boy. Ooh. I do remember that conversation. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember we, where we were in the hotel room, sitting on the bed, right? There was a group of us. It's mm -hmm. like maybe like a handful of us. And what was your reaction? I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you telling me right now? Like, I just, it took me a second to put the pieces together. And eventually I put them together. Okay. Did you immediately change your perception of me? No. What did you think? It made me love you even more because I felt closer to you. I was surprised that there was something that you hadn't told me. And just to give you a little bit of context of why, like, it took me so long to, I guess, come out in Los Angeles. You know, I started my transition in San Diego. I went to college as Emmy. And I'm, I mean, people don't walk around saying, hi, my name is Emmy. And by the way, I'm trans. Like, people don't walk around saying that. So I always told myself, like, if anyone ever asked me, I'll just say the truth. But I'm not going to lead with, like, by the way, I'm trans. Like, it, I thought it was irrelevant. Why? People don't do that. So by the time I moved to Los Angeles and I met you and I met all my group of friends, it just wasn't something that ever came up. Did I feel like I was living a lie? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Because I felt like, well, you know, if they know out of respect, they're not telling me or confronting me, or if they don't know, yeah, I don't know. But I had a sponsor at the time that knew that I was dealing with these like internal demons of like, oh my God, I feel like such a fraud. And so in doing the work that we do in a 12-step program, I started taking inventory of myself. And I was assigned, or I, it was suggested that I tell at least three people because she knew that I was dealing with shame of living a double life. So I, I feel because when I moved to Los Angeles, I was already Emmy and I didn't feel like I had to introduce myself as I'm a trans woman. Obviously in dating, I always disclosed it, but yeah, I think, you know, that's why I never really talked about it. Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, you spent so much of your life wanting to be this person. You know, I think you had this like ideal, knowing you now, you had this ideal of who you wanted to be. And finally, I think that you got there and you're like, why am I going to have to go backwards? Why am I going to have to take ownership of something that I wasn't even proud to be before? You know, I think that's exactly what it was. Like, why do I have to go backwards? I already came to Los Angeles living as Emmy and I didn't feel like I had to introduce you to like someone that I wasn't. You know? I get it. But it got heavy on me because I knew that I was keeping a secret. And I didn't intend to keep a secret. It's just, I was nervous. I was scared. I will say that I felt like it was a little bit dramatic. 
I felt like, you know, it's like, I don't feel like it's something that you should have to like quietly disclose, right? Like, it's like, oh, 100%. My, my dad's in prison. Like, you know, it's just a fact, you know, like, oh, okay, I was born a boy, you know, like, it's just part of like casual conversation in my eyes. But to you, it was like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, it was a very scary thing to do. It was a very scary conversation to have because I didn't know. Actually, with you, I did know that everything was going to be okay. But I didn't know how the rest of my friends were going to react. And that made me nervous. And just because I didn't want to lose my friends, it took me a while to get to that point where I could have this conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I will say that I remember being jealous that I knew you had told Jesse before me. And I was like, I wonder what it was about that friendship that made you feel more comfortable. Did I tell Jesse before you? I don't remember that. I honestly don't remember having this conversation with Jesse. See, and that's just something that I that I thought of because I'm jealous. <laughs> Aww. Sorry that you felt that way because you are the one that I am the closest to. Like, I just remember being so nervous of what other people were going to think because, right, that's how I was raised. What people think about you is like, you know, you know how it is like in Hispanic families. And so I always thought that I was going to lose some friendships. You know, I was horrified to talk to Oscar about it. I was horrified to talk to Nelly about it because I didn't know how they were going to react. And you, you spend a lot of time like working on, I think because you had to go through so many stages of your transition, right? You spend so much time working on yourself and becoming this person who you want to be. You try to get this, you, you put out this image of who you want yourself to be and you work really hard. That's evidenced by the car you drive, the clothes you wear, you know, how you speak at meetings and all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, like, I feel like I'm going to rip the floor out of under from underneath my friends here, you know? And it's like the same thing for me. I'm a perfectionist, you know? So one nick in my my shield of armor and I feel like the world is over that people no longer view me the same way you know maybe it was something like that I will say that once I had this conversation with y'all I was so much freer and I felt authentic and I felt closer to people the way that you guys embraced me after this was just so beautiful I am so lucky to have such supportive friends, my best friends, my, my chosen family that I call it. You know, not a lot of people have that. I feel like we're extremely lucky to be part of a fellowship of people that are just so accepting of everything. I mean, someone can come in without shoes to the meeting because they don't have any and we'll welcome them in with open arms. And I feel like that's something that you know, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you like our reaction, but all of us are sober and that's what we do, you know? And I don't, I don't think it could have gone any other way, but I'm not you. And I wasn't carrying around all that weight. Yeah, no, it was really scary. And, and I was embarrassed. I was ashamed because rejection is never a good feeling. And I think that I was scared that I might be rejected by some people. 
And the reality is that I wasn't rejected by any one of my friends. What are you feeling? Sorry, nothing. It was indigestion. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am thinking that you're getting emotional over like our conversation. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbionica.com. C Y M B I O. T-I-K-A.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com where America goes to hire. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You said earlier that I had an armor. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you definitely have an armor. I think that in a lot of ways, like I, what I heard on the podcast, there was some of that that I had never even known before. And I think, you know, you just mentioned rejection as well. And I think that, you know, given the times that you've had rejection in your life, I mean, it was like not just plain rejection. I mean, there was rejection from your family and from people that you wanted to date. And I think that now you are very, very careful with what you share with the world, who the world gets to see, because I think sometimes you're afraid that one misstep and people might leave you forever. Recording crumbs was very difficult for me. Yes, I had written a book, but nobody's read that yet. Plus, I'm recording in the middle of a fucking pandemic 
isolated as fuck. It was really difficult. There were times that I felt like I couldn't continue. And there's some topics that we left out because they were just too deep to talk about at that time. But, you know, here I am. I have my producers in my ear and having to relive everything. And they're asking questions and like in the nicest way, you know, but they're just like, go deeper, go deeper. It was challenging. It was rough. Kind of like your sponsor. Kind of like my sponsor. So, yeah, I mean, I do have an armor. People tell me that all the time. People tell me that I'm so hard to read. I don't mean for that to be the case. It's just, I guess, how I am. But you, you know me so well. You know what I'm thinking before I even say it. You know, that's how all you know me. So how was it for you listening to the podcast and hearing some things about my childhood or my dating experiences that were before your time? Emotional. You know, it's like there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I go through um, as a cisgender, bisexual female. And in the dating world, I feel like I've been let down, you know, or rejected. And I heard the stuff from you and it was just, it wasn't comparable. You know, I felt like it brought it to a whole other level that I could never know or understand. I mean, it was hard because I thought that I, I thought that I knew everything about you, but I, I definitely feel like, and I could see how some of this stuff was just drug out of you because, (laughs) because I don't think that you would freely share a lot of this stuff. So I feel like we're very lucky to get to hear such like intricate details. I felt like I was getting naked for the entire world. And that's a fucking scary thought. You know me, you know, I'm like very like reserved. And so for everyone to hear the good, the bad, the sad, like it, it was, it was fucking nerve wracking. I will say I was surprised by a lot of it because, you know, I've heard you share you know, in the program that we, we ex- program of recovery that we work in or that we live in, uh, we share our stories. And I've heard you share hundreds of times probably. And mm-hmm. I thought that all those details were in there, but there was things from this that, you know, we don't talk about in recovery. We don't talk about as even friends, things that were like hiding in the shadows that probably never would have crept their way out. Like what? The vulnerability from the dating stuff. You know, I see you as a person that, you know, I've seen you swipe. <laughs> and I've and I've I've been a part of that, that moment of being there with a match like the ding or whatever it is. Like I I feel like now I can see, you know, I, I now I know where that smile comes from, you know, because it it's like you had mentioned like it was a feeling like no other, you know, the attention that you got from a match or waiting for the one text to come. And it was like, I never, I didn't have that much attachment to that kind of stuff. And I felt like it really got, I really got to see like where Emmy became Emmy. In episode one, Love Hurts, I'm in this really unhealthy relationship with someone who I dated in a very early sobriety. 
right? Someone who I guess is considered a newcomer. What is 13 stepping to you? Well, I didn't consider that 13 stepping. Um, What you let us see, I think, in that episode was someone who, for the first time, was getting attention back um, from the attention that they were giving. And this person just happened to be in treatment, you know? And uh, you talked about, like, I remember you had said, like, and then we came home together and had dinner, you know? And it was like, the it was there was a sense of pride in your voice from that. Like, it was like, you brought him home and you got to like have a normal dinner with somebody, you know? And so um, I saw it as like, it was the beginning, you know? What's the big deal about dating in the first year of recovery? It's a no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, well, for me, I know that I had a tendency to go back to the same kinds of relationships and repeat the same behaviors over and over again. And um, my sponsor made me wait a year so that I could, I actually, I didn't know why, but it's, it's so that we can work on ourselves and we can do this work that allows us to see maybe some patterns that we had in our sex lives that maybe we could do differently, healthier ways of, of living. So I guess technically it's not called 13 stepping what I did. Some people call it that. I 13 stepping is it has more of a predatory like people at meetings specifically looking for newcomers who are vulnerable. That wasn't the case with me. No, and I remember the way that you painted the picture when he walked into the room, it was someone that you noticed, you know, not having any idea that he happened to also live at that treatment center. But I do see what you're saying. And I mean, that must be hard to come out with now, given the fact that we are told don't date someone that's, you know. I mean, I wouldn't do it today with 14 years of sobriety. I've learned so much from, from and grown so much since then. You know, I was only a year and a half sober when I met Jason. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff changes in 13 years. If you're doing the work, you change, you grow. I mean, I guess I'm used to you being hard on yourself. I mean, you're hard on yourself with everything. You're a perfectionist, you know? And um, I think that some of the ways that you described yourself was actually the way that you thought that other people viewed you, which was a little skewed. And especially when it came to dating, I feel like the fear in there was bigger than the actual reality because it took a hell of a strong person to walk through all that shit. You know, I, I guess I am a little hard on myself. I, a lot of us are, I mean, you're a little hard on yourself sometimes too. I have like the privilege of seeing you in action. You know, you're a badass nurse. What do they call you? Dana is a badass bitch nurse or something like that. <laughs> One of your clients called you that. And I and I get to see you in action. And you have this work ethic that's like, you know, goals. You're so dedicated and I admire you so much. And I guess because I've had like a front row seat to like your growth, 
like somebody who came from Skid Row, went to jail, heroin addict, came straight out of jail to a 12-step meeting, got her nursing license, and just, you're a fucking miracle. And so I admire you so much. And I feel the same way about you. And that's where I think sometimes that you don't see yourself the way that I see you. I mean, that person that I saw when I first came into the rooms um, has only quadrupled today, you know? And I and I wonder why you are so hard on yourself because it seems to me that it's stemmed from like years of your childhood and people, you had tough consequences, you know? You were alone a lot and when you weren't, it seems like there were people putting restrictions maybe on the way you danced and things like that. And so I don't know why you're so hard on yourself. A lot of the stuff that I learned about image came from my grandmother. She was just so elegant. Always had her hair done, makeup, dressed beautifully. She was my hero. And so I always felt like I had this responsibility to take care of my family after she passed. And every time when shit hits the fan, when I feel like my world is falling apart, I think to myself, what would my grandma do in this situation? And I get my strength from that. And I knew she was hard on herself and she was hard on my mom. And and I think it's just something that I learned along the way to be hard on myself. I know today that perfection does not exist. But it's sometimes so hard to undo all those years of, of what is it called? Conditioning. Conditioning. Thank you. I feel like you want everything to be elevated. And I think that that's something that I have always admired because I can see how you look at things and you can see how they're all going to be like right before your eyes, before they've even happened, you know, like when it comes to the conference and the visual of how the banquet room will look or whatever. And I think that that's something that, um, at least for me, when I heard the podcast, I was like, oh, she gets that from her grandma. Absolutely. My grandma taught me what a good fabric was. She taught me what good stitching was. She taught me, you know, what high quality fabric was. She taught me about shoes and what good quality shoes were. Those are things that she taught me. She taught me about scents, about hair, about product. So yeah, I I get it from my grandmother. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right. So you know a thing or two about this. What is it like to date in recovery? Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Why? What makes it horrible? Oh, it's weird because now I have a different view on on it. But um, it's horrible because, A, you know, when you're going out with somebody that either drinks or doesn't drink, you either have to have the conversation, which... You know, I've had someone like try to convince me to have a drink that it would be fine, you know, that sort of thing. Or you don't tell them and then there's this elephant in the room and you're just waiting for them to change their mind once they realize that you don't drink. That was the hardest stuff for me. So, you know, obviously in all of my relationships in, in these episodes, I'm already sober. Not everybody I dated was sober, but some of them were. What do you remember about Dylan? I remember you were in love. And I think as far as like, as long as I had known you, I hadn't seen that before. And I was so, I was so happy. You know, I remember the first time that you brought him along and, and introduced him to all of us. And I just like, you were glowing. What was it about him? Because remember, like I have an idea of things, but you as an outsider, may have seen something completely different. What I saw was someone that worshipped the ground that you walked on. And I think, you know, what I remember feeling was, wow, this is someone that Emmy has been her true, authentic self to and with. And he's accepted her for every single, every single footstep along the way. He was right there with you, you know? And I think it was the first time, at least in our friendship, that your covers were just pulled, you know, with with a partner. And that partner stuck around. You know, it's funny that you say that because my mom said the same thing when we had this conversation. She said, he adored you. 
I thought so too. Not only that, but you were the same self that you are with me. I mean, the joking around, the voices, the everything that you guys did together and you shared the same lifestyle. We had our secret love language that you would make fun of. You know? Like super little baby voices, like, I love you. Like little things like that. And you're right. Like I really was my authentic self with him. Had you felt that way before in a relationship? No. I hadn't. I could see that. You know, the interesting thing is I wasn't looking for a relationship when I met him. I remember. <laughs> I mean, you were around me so much at that time. Like, I remember we went to a meeting and he texted me and asked to be exclusive. And I, you were next to me. And I was like, oh my God, this guy wants to be exclusive. I think I had to talk you into it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, Dylan really, I fell in love with Dylan because he was so authentic, so pure. To me, he had a heart of gold. And even like areas that he, what's the word I'm looking for? Even things that he lacked. I think that's exactly what it was. I think that he was inexperienced in a lot of ways. And especially in the ways of you being trans. Like, I don't think he had ever dated a trans person before, yeah. a trans woman before. And I think that that was it. You know, like if I had to really like define what it was that made you fall in love with him, it was that he like purely went into it with everything that he had in the beginning, accepting everything. And it wasn't about your gender. It was about Emmy, who Emmy is inside. That's what he fell in love with. That's what we all fall in love with. Did you like Dylan? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much as you probably like Chris, I mean, it, he was your partner. And of course, that we would welcome him with open arms. And I think that you guys shared a lot of the same, like I said before, like lifestyle stuff. However, um, I wouldn't hang out with him on my own. <laughs> like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him like a friend that I would chill with. Right. Were there any guys on the podcast that you didn't really like? Max. Max. I always thought that Max had left, like, the door open for, like, future things. Like, a possibility for something in the future. And that's why I think I hated him, because I, f I felt like he was stringing you along. And I remember thinking while I was listening that how much time has gone by here? A month? Six weeks? Eight weeks? And you're still in... Um, there's still no closure to the situation as if you're even going to have a second date. And I remember thinking like, what a scumbag. <laughs> I went looking through his social media while we were recording the podcast. And I remember seeing him. He posted something in Thailand, a picture of him, like, I guess on a bike or on a, some sort of something. And the caption said, just out here looking for ladyboys. Obviously, as a transphobic joke. Oh my God, that made me feel so angry. And his friends were all just like laughing and, you know, 
commenting with jokes. And I thought, that is so cruel. I couldn't believe it. Somebody who was encouraging me to be open and to be my authentic self and then goes and does something so stupid and shitty, I thought, wow, what an asshole. Betrayal. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just like, I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I guess I felt like the the effort that you put into, and I know you, <laughs> I know how much effort you put into the wording of an email, a text message, the way the layout on your Instagram or our our job, we work at the same place, Instagram is going to look, there's so much attention to detail. So I know the effort that went into even deciding to make that phone call. He was the one that, he was the one that you called on his six year sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking, wow, it took so much courage for you to work up the willpower to make that call. And then as soon as you hung up the phone, you're like, wow, why did I do that? Oh my God, did I do the wrong thing? I made a mistake. I should never have done that. And I'm like, you were, you were wishing him a happy six years, you know? And, you know, I'll never, rem- I'll, I'll never forget because I was in Nashville, you know, and I saw the date, June 10th. It's his birthday. I went outside of my comfort zone to do something, you know, because I kept thinking in love and in war, everything's fair, right? And I took like a leap of faith to do something that I normally would not do because I'm so reserved. I think that's like one of the areas where you're hard on yourself, you know, because the, like I said, the amount of energy that you put into working up the courage to send a text or to make a call, you know, and it's like, I don't know what drives the fear. Well, you know, what it, this is what it is. I don't want to come across as crazy. We talk about this with, it, with um, Zach's episode. But how, why? Because of how we've been conditioned. So I don't want to send an impulsive text message, an impulsive email, create something impulsive that I might later regret. Has anyone ever told you that you're crazy? Uh, Jason. So maybe that's where the fear comes from. You know, you want to just keep it cool. And we try to mold ourselves into something because we don't want to be rejected or seen as crazy. I know I filter myself a lot. But even then, it took him a whole day to respond, right? Am I correct? A whole day to respond. And then he ghosted you over a mention of a woman? Yeah, to this day, who knows what the fuck that was about. But does that make you feel like you can't say what's on your mind now, especially in getting to know someone? I think I've gotten a lot better at that. I mean, what do you think? I think so, too. I definitely think that... I don't know what private conversations you have in the beginnings of meeting people. Mm. But I do think that maybe sometimes you're afraid you'll say the wrong thing. I know I am that way. I'm you know, always I've, afraid of that. I've gone to a point where I'm just like, fuck it, this is who I am. I'll take it or leave it. Today, this is who Emmy is. And I'm going to say it. And if something's bothering me, I'm going to bring it up. 
I'm not going to live just in fear of like what he's going to think of me if I ask him this. What's the point of that? So I think I've come a long way in the last few years, you know, after my relationship with Dylan ended. You know, like we're, we're cordial, I guess. But there's always like that question in my mind. Does he have any fucking regret? Because the year's 2022 and I've never even gotten an apology from him. I remember you talking about that in your podcast in the episode and you were like, I have no idea if any of the things that I want to happen will happen. And I remember wondering, I wonder what it is that she wants to happen. At this time, when I finished recording the podcast, Dylan's stuff was still at my apartment. And so the way we left off when he went into treatment was that he was going to come back in three months. That didn't happen, right? He came back a year and a half later. And he didn't even send you a message. Like, hey, going to be here a while longer than I thought. The way I look at him today is different. Do I still think he has a heart of gold and is innocent? You know, I still think he's a good person. Yes. Is he innocent? No. Obviously not. Is he an asshole for never making an amends? Absolutely. But that's on him. Do you think that your relationship with Dylan had any effect on the type of love that you're looking for today? My relationship with Dylan that I thought was picture perfect and then like he fucking blindsided me has made me feel like I can't trust anyone. It really has. Because if someone like him who was so innocent, so pure, so authentic, so in love, who called me his queen, who did anything for me, did what he did, anybody else could do that. It's scary. I know I can't live like that always. But you know, he's moved on. Like he's online dating and I'm just thinking to myself, like what an asshole. Like how can he potentially start looking for something when he never even like Finished what he started. Exactly. But that goes to show the kind of program that he's working. Maybe he's ashamed. Ashamed of what? Leaving you in the darkness. I remember thinking that, and I, I think that it's, no, as, what as ha- your friend. What happened is, okay, he might be ashamed. I don't know. But I just don't understand how people can carry on and live freely without any fucks. Not giving any fucks of like what you did to somebody, the harm that you caused in someone's life. Because it was not just, you know, emotional, it was financial. It was, you know, everything. My world kind of fell apart. You know, at the time when I, when that happened with Dylan, I was making pretty good money. Right? And I was able to continue paying everything on my own because I didn't get laid off till the end of the year, (laughs) but I resented it. Yes. He left me fucking, he left the big hole and seeing all his things there for that fucking year and a half was so difficult. 
It wasn't what you signed up for. It was not what I signed up for. I guess we're spending a lot of time on Dylan because you were so present for that. I remember thinking that he was such a fucking asshole and I couldn't believe that he would do that to you. Someone that I loved so much, but knowing what I know about the program and people that relapse is we are not ourselves in that moment, you know? And so I think the bigger thing is how has he not been able to make any kind of amends to you by now, now in sobriety? Because I feel like when we relapse, everything is unpredictable. Whatever's going to happen next, who knows? But now there's no excuse. Yeah. No, I agree. And I feel the same way. And, you know, maybe I'm a little resentful now. Maybe I went from being hurt to like a little resentful because the least you can do is own up to it. Especially since that's what the 12 steps tell us to do. You'd think. You know, if he can sleep well at night, then... Is there any anything anyone could do to sweep you off your feet today? Ooh, man. I just want to admire... Oh. I don't know, Dana. A lot of people think that I'm hard to please. I mean, you've said it. My mom has said it. But is there any anything anyone can do to like break down that armor and make you feel vulnerable enough to share a relationship? Okay. I I don't know how to answer this because I have an idea in my mind of like what would sweep me off my feet. Tell but, us. Well, it's bullshit. It, it really is. Like, I just want to admire someone. I want somebody to get excited about me. I want to get excited about them. I want someone to be proud of like what I do. I want to be proud of what they do. You know? It doesn't sound like bullshit. This is the thing with Dylan. I was so like, I was like his cheerleader. There were certain areas where he wasn't my cheerleader. Like when I finished writing my book, he didn't want to read it. And that should have been like a red flag for me. I just want to be excited about somebody who's equally excited about me. And does it sound corny? Maybe a little bit. I don't want to have to censor myself around someone and vice versa. I want someone to let me be their traditional Mexican housewife. I remember the last time that I talked to Dylan in person, he said something about, what, no, when I told him, like, I cooked, I cleaned, I washed your clothes. And he replied, I fucking hated that. That was so hurtful. Yeah, fuck that. So I want somebody to let me play the role that I want to play. Right? That's my way of being me. I enjoy doing those things for someone. <laughs> if someone sweeps you off your feet after this, I get the credit. <laughs> That was me and Dana, and that was Crumbs. Thanks for listening and being part of my journey. Crumbs is a production of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network and Sonoro. 
in association with Trojan Horse. It's produced by Margaret Catcher and Carmen Graterol and edited by Jasmine Romero and Alex Fumero. Original music by Daniel Peterschmidt and engineering by Manuel Parra and Daniel Padilla. Executive produced by Giselle Vances and Connell Byrne for iHeart, Alex Fumero for Trojan Horse, Joshua Weinstein, Jasmine Romero, Camila Vitoriano, and Jeronimo Avila for Sonoro, and me, Emmy Olea. Special thanks to Monisa Henricks, Fernanda Estrada, and Sara Mota. Listen to Crumbs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.